Commanders, and welcome to episode 145 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, uh, Chief Archivist, Colin Phoenixifier Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are our health and safety expert, Ben Moss-Woodward. Greetings, Mr. DeFord. Defraud. Yeah, okay, fair. Yes. Defraud, maybe. <laughs> uh, we have our chief bar steward, Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Good evening, everybody. And finally, we have our, our head of entertainment, uh, Commander Chris Jarvis. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, if you wish, you. You can join us live. We are hanging out in the beta uh, around Lave. Um, we do believe that... Uh, ben, what are you flying at the moment? I am currently in an Imperial Cutter. Okay, so we have one Imperial Cutter and I've got a Dolphin coming in on the way. Uh, are you by the station on the civilian broadcast? You've not read what Grant said we're doing this evening. Yeah, station, oh, right, station, 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 station. You need a fighter, you need a fighter. Do I? Oh, God. You You've really not read what Grant's doing this evening, have you? Oh, I found that no. in, in, in I, the beta. I boggle to think. No, no, in, in the beta, I found out that you can fly your fighter straight into a station and you don't get any warnings or timing or anything. So you can fly around endlessly inside a station with your fighter having loads of fun and just don't shoot anything because not only do they destroy you, they destroy your big ships outside too. So <laughs> be warned. <laughs> Okay, you have been warned. <laughs> so we're live on Twitch at the moment. We've also got our IRC channel. Um, I don't think anyone's manning that one at the moment. I'll have to pop over in a minute. Uh, so let's start with uh, what everybody has been doing this week. So, Ben, what you've been up to? Um, let's start. I've been playing beatery things. I've had a look at a few installations. I've done me hollow me. Um, and then I went to the pub for the mother-in-law's birthday. Excellent. Okay. We'll move on to Grant. <laughs> what would you like to tell us about your week? Right. Well, this week we've been building a rear projection screen for LaveCon. We've been fiddling around with setups on T100 laptop notebook things for LaveCon and Elite Meet. We've been paying the bill for Elite Meet. That was fun. So it's all booked and paid for, oh. which is good. Um, I've been mm -hmm. getting more of Suzanne's artwork ready and sent down to our licensor, so that was good fun as well. And the less said about my weekend, the better. Uh, not really much Elite gameplay. It was kind of more in the mood for some H1Z1 uh, King of the Kill. That kind of helped. <laughs> yes. We, uh, we do... Yeah, we yeah, have our sympathy just, over what happened over the weekend. Just, just one of those, one of those fun, just, fun activities. Sit there and walk away. <laughs> and Mr. Jarvis, how have you been for the last week or so? Yeah, I've been good. Uh, I finished um, Batman Arkham Knight, which uh, some people may remember me talking about last week. And I have to say, it's it's, it's pretty magnificent. Um, yes. So I'm not necessarily retracting this stuff that i said about it previously because that was all true but now they've fixed it it is it, it is very good 
Um, and I've also been playing a game that I want to give a little bit of a shout out to because I didn't realise, I, I kind of saw it and thought that it was like a little independent studios game. Um, it's a, it's a turn-based strategy game, which I love. And it's got quite sort of simple looking graphics. So I thought, well, this is kind of a small team. And actually, it turns out that the this game is basically, has been developed over two years by one guy. Wow. And for a game, for, for anything that's been developed by one person, it's really solid and really well polished. Um, and I kind of feel some sympathy for him because obviously I'm someone that does pretty much everything myself, <laughs> you know, apart from all of the acting, I do get in other actors, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm used to working on my own projects and, and kind of doing every job. And I think he's got a similar situation to me where um, the thing that he's kind of most lacking is, is marketing support because he's produced this fantastic, polished turn-based strategy with a really interesting kind of hook, which is to do with the fact that you, you basically... Um, you start the game at the end of a war and then every battle you fight your priestess sends you back in time to the previous battle because you're trying to go back in time to prevent what happened that started the war but what's really clever is it means that you start off with your character at maximum level and every time you go back in time you then have to downgrade your character so you actually level down so at the end uh. of the game you're, you're a level one unit and it's really it's really it's a really interesting game uh, it's called Farabelle uh, it's on Steam it's only about five Five ninety nine, and I'd say to be honest, it's worth it even at non-sale price. Um, and I really think it's a game that you know. If you, I know, obviously we're mostly Elite Dangerous fans, and this might be a genre that doesn't necessarily appeal to people. Um, but if you like turn-based strategy, I think it's a really nice. It's a really nicely put together little game. It's got some really interesting, um, unique, unique challenges to it. And like I say, I have a huge amount of sympathy for anyone who's doing creative projects, kind of entirely on their own, and is putting is putting so much time into developing their ideas that they really aren't sure how to go about their marketing um because that's me um <laughs> and on the flip yeah and on the flip side i've been what have i been doing i've been booking onto elite meet so i will be there well i booked onto elite meet already um but with thanks to grant uh, i've sorted out a hotel um and i have been writing of the escape velocity and putting out updates about escape velocity um for those of you that haven't read the the latest post that i've put out what what What's basically happened is I, I decided a while back, although I didn't, because the Kickstarter for the Elite Dangerous RPG ran into some problems, I didn't bother announcing it. But one of the things I'm going to be doing for my the patrons, these are the people who is, who support the development of Escape Velocity financially, um, I'm going to be producing basically role-playing content for my backers uh, okay. around Escape Velocity, but for the role-playing games. So obviously at the moment I'm kind of talking about and thinking about uh, EDR, RPG because that's within its last something like 12 hours left on the Kickstarter isn't there? Yes there is um, uh, but obviously I'm going to write it in such a way that it'll work with you know with with different role playing systems um, so yeah so that's going to be at the moment what I'm planning is I'm going to be producing all the characters from Escape Velocity as playable character sheets or, or usable NPCs however you want to do it um, and I'm also going to be creating some some specific Escape Velocity episodes that will only exist in the role-playing space so these aren't episodes that i'm going to create as as episodes of the audio drama these will be bits alongside the story that actually you'll have to kind of play them to you know it's, it's not like i'm going to adapt an episode as a, as a as an adventure i'm actually going to create original adventures which will then be kind of that'll be the unique way of of enjoying them so that's you know because i like thinking of 
um, new ways to kind of reward the patrons for Escape Velocity because at the end of the day, they're the ones that help me get the series made. Um, so I like to kind of give them cool stuff. So if you want to go and get in on any of that action, uh, it's www.patreon.com forward slash radio theatre workshop. That is where Escape Velocity gets made. If anybody's listening who doesn't know what Escape Velocity is, sorry. Um, go and have a look. <laughs> I'm sure, hopefully, you'll go to the Patreon page and it will be self-explanatory what Escape Velocity is uh, and what it is that I do. If it's not, please send me a message and I will rewrite the profile <laughs> so that people understand there. what it is by going and visiting it. For a second there, I thought you were going to say, and I will rewrite the whole show. And no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, just kind of, I just kind of assume that if people go to the Patreon page, they'll read it and understand what Escape Velocity is. But actually, you know, unless somebody who goes to it who doesn't know what Escape Velocity is and tells me about it, I don't actually know. It's one of these things, isn't it? It is. It's really weird. You always have to reiterate what you've been you've been kind of doing so that yeah. it stays in the in the consciousness if you see what i mean absolutely absolutely um, and obviously i'm looking at beta content and look because i you know i try and include stuff in escape velocity that's that's kind of going on you know because escape velocity is written to be a player's experience of the game mm-hmm. that, that that's the way the storyline is has always been kind of developed so things like betas are really useful to me because it means i can plan ahead and work out what sorts of things need to be incorporated uh into the episodes and that's the other thing, of course, I've been doing this week is spending ridiculous amount of time fine tuning my hollow me. I know we're going to come <laughs> on to that, but it's um, yeah, it's quite it's become quite an obsessive task for me. <laughs> I've just made a couple of changes tonight that I think have revolutionised the way my hollow me looks. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's that. So yeah, that's been my week. Well, okay, well, full week then. Um, yeah. Personally. Um, let's see, I've been helping out with the CG that's been uh, happening at Prism. Um, I'm in the top 25% there. The T9's getting a good workout. Um, obviously helping out with beta stuff, because I've got a lot to, to talk about with beta. I finally got it downloaded. It does seem that my setup with Virgin Media does have a little bit of a problem with the update process. So files fall over left, right, and center. So what I'll do is I'll put together a little guide at how to sort of muscle or force your way through that one because it's a case of re-downloading and re-downloading until it finally all comes through. Uh, unfortunately, there's been no top shifts this week because um, I've been rather busy. Um, as everybody knows, Dave Hughes is actually quite ill at the moment. He's getting better, but um, as he's ill, there's no work on um, his uh, elite role-playing game. So I've, I've kind of stepped up to the mark on that one uh, and and basically bringing some of the rules up to date for him so when he's he's better he'll be able to sort of uh, pick up and keep on running and then on top of that I have been pulling together the uh, the elite miniatures stuff that I need for um, elite meat so hopefully when I turn up there um, we'll have new models and we'll have uh, new layout and new cards all ready for everybody to basically go ooh and drool over so that's been my week and we won't mention the other thing (laughs) so moving on to um newsletter number 163 now can i I just quickly can i just quickly apologize to anyone who's in the irc chat 
Um, I can't get into the IRC chat on the Lave Radio website. So I don't know if that means no one's been able to get in and I'm apologising to no one or if it's just an issue with my browsers. Um, but I, I see no IRC when I go to our webpage. It's funny that I've noticed I've got slight problems with Chrome when I go to the website as well. So I think we'll have to... I've, I've tried it in... Uh, what's the Microsoft one called? I've tried it in that as Edge. well. Is it Edge? It's embarrassing. It's not Internet Explorer or anything. No, I know, I know. No. Uh, yes, it's called Edge. It's called Edge. I, I can't. I can't see it in either. So huge apologies if you're in IRC. I don't know. Other than actually installing an IRC client. Are you? You're in there. Are you? Okay. Yep, cool. Yep. We'll chat to them then. I am. They're asking if we're going to ignore them this week, and I said probably. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who are we ignoring? Um, uh, I don't know. Well, I want to leave. Come <laughs> if you're over at Discord, come join us on the Discord channel. If they're over on Discord, come joining us Discord. Look, if you're over on IRC, you can come and join us on Discord. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> do, do you have a quick places we'll... to chat. Oh, no. It's keeping track. We don't have enough people in the sidewinder to keep track of the chat windows. <laughs> uh, this this, this sidewinder only have to have, supposed to have space for one, yet we managed to shove four people in it every week. Anyway. We've had more than four. Well, I know. and Yeah. And you're the, the one we blame with a curry as well. <laughs> so, just quickly, newsletter 163. Now, we've gone over last week the whole thing about the Trappist One Discovery, because that's in the newsletter. Um, did anyone see the um, Ed and his open race around the Orbis station? I was joining in with that. Um, I was in. I was there. I took part. I came second in one of the races. Um, it was a lot. Lot of fun, cool. Uh, racing around Orbises is awesome. Just doing a stock eagle and round and round the ring you go. But there wasn't any news or anything like that. It was just no. It was just fun. And it was. I say that like it's a bad thing, which is kind of depressingly. <laughs> well, no, because everybody's. I think everybody is waiting for what's happening. Well, we'll just quickly mention um, Frontier at the moment. There's not any live streams coming from Frontier because they will be out in packs starting this Friday so it's Friday the 9th uh, so we've got Ed we've got Sandro we've got uh, Adam Woods they're all going to be out there doing promotion for Elite Dangerous including the PS4 version so we'll probably see the first Ooh. I know the f first little glimpses of what the, the PS4 is capable of now um, has anybody got any thoughts on that and who's got a PS4 <laughs> well, my yeah. son's got a PS4. I've got I've got a PS4. In fact, oh, Grant, I, you've got everything. Do you know what? Just, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> guess who got a you switch? Do. <laughs> <laughs> I got what a switch on Friday, um, and it's all right. There's not enough games for it, but that's nothing. Have you been other. playing the milking game? No, no, I've been banned from such suggestive oh, play gameplay by my wife. She found <laughs> that my antics during the cowboy game a little bit worse for wear as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know it's fun yeah because then you've got milky cows I mean, it's fantastic it, it, it's it's not a bad do you it's not got a gameplay it's not enough gameplay i can't really make my mind up because it's like you know have you legend. got the zelda game yep zelda game uh that's what i uh, the game for it isn't it at the moment and oh, is it? the one is two it? switch game. i've heard good things about it but it's it's yeah it's pretty enough, but I see I've got a PlayStation Four which I love. Ben, how come your um, Hollow Me looks like a rather camp Bruce Willis? 
Are you saying Ben doesn't look like a Camp Cruise <laughs> I don't know if that's a maybe. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. Maybe after a couple on, of Die Hard movies. Right, let me let me let me just get it up. But I think you know I, I'm looking forward to um, seeing it on the PlayStation Four, and I'm like it's probably something that I might pick up. It's just a shame you can't link your commanders across the consoles because that would make it so much more accessible. Um, mm-hmm. But you know. I was going to say I've 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 made so little progress in Elite Dangerous in terms of career progression over the last three years. It would depress me to start a new commander from scratch <laughs> and overtake overtake your other commander. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I'm heading yeah, well. heading into Lave Station in my fighter, um, and I'm just hoping that nobody scans my big ship. Otherwise, I'm toast. <laughs> well, I can actually see you know. I have finally arrived in my fantastic bus. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, I know. But we got told off last week for describing too much on the video. So on with the fight is ahoy. Yes, thank well, you. It, it, except, it, yeah, except from the podcast listeners where we, we kind of said during the show, oh, we need to describe this video rather than just playing it and coughing. And actually then we had people messaging us saying, what was that video you watched on the podcast? You didn't explain it. So, yeah, we were kind of too busy drooling over it, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, the slight problem with that video is i think it wasn't supposed to be out in the ether that one that the one that we saw was not the one in maya there's one that was taken in maya that is the person wasn't meant to get there but they managed to break the matrix and got in oh Right, and then the one that we were watching, I believe that was the system for that was somewhere deep in the heart of Imperial ter- territory, which just raised another question of what are a load of Federation ships doing in Imperial territory? But that's another story. Yes, I, I think it's something we'll leave just in case we yeah. have a spoilerific. Um, yeah, uh, but I think you can't. I mean, you can't put the genie back in the bottle with these things. There's no. No. sort of saying oh well you know it shouldn't be out there the fact is you know because of a, a bug or whatever in beta you know that is out there and it's it's probably something for frontier that we're probably gonna have to be thinking about is you know how safe is it for actual future content that's kind <laughs> of you know story content to actually be even present in a beta build do you know what i mean <laughs> i'm what grant's dying <laughs> grant oh, yeah. you're at 40 percent mate um you know it's it's one of these it's one of these things where if it's you know if it's present in the build there is a chance that because of a bug or whatever it's going to get out early so i think you know it's a real shame in a sense that it's been spoiled um i don't really think you can now say no you you know don't don't talk about it or pretend you haven't seen it whatever i think you have to move forward it's a bit like when frontier there was that bug where two massive Predictors ended up on top of each other and shooting the hell out of each other. Frontier couldn't turn back time and say, oh, well, that never happened. They just incorporated it into the game and made it part of the story that there was this, you know, there was this battle. Yeah. Um, it, although I don't, think, the... I don't think they ever retconned the um, space stations being found buried in planet surfaces. No. <laughs> was, that, was that actually a thing? I thought that was just the concept out. No, no, no. There was a... Um, Oh, it was ages ago. It was it was oh. when Horizons first launched. There was a problem of the docking bay of a space station appearing half buried in the planet's surface. 
But does it does it not raise uh, yeah. raise a, a question of do they need to tighten up the beta rules and things for um, content like so that in a, the event obviously some people might have. Um, and this is not to criticise the commander that did it, because obviously you would not realise that you shouldn't know what you've seen and you shouldn't see what you've seen before you release the video. But there's a degree of common sense, yeah. surely, where you think, well, that's unusual. And, and this is in beta. Should I? I mean, for example, if you get hyperdicted by an alien in beta and it attacks you in such a way, should you share that video out there when you know that actually that shouldn't come out until the main release? And then you would criticise Frontiers. Why would you put that in the beta? And obviously the natural thing would be then that Frontier may well be saying, well, no, <laughs> that wasn't meant to be in the beta, that's not meant to be accessible, yeah. and just some kind of freak mishap has happened. How much of that weighs on Frontier? How much of that weighs on the actual end user? Do we need to tighten up the beta and have everybody with a new rule, much the same as the Friday the 13th and its pre-alpha, um, had a rule where it was not allowed to be Twitched or YouTubed? You know, do we need? Yeah. To, do we need? This, this is what I was going to say. This was, yeah, this is what I was going to say. The only thing you can do is say no live streaming of beta, and I don't think Frontier would be prepared or able to, you know, enforce that kind of rule because, you know, Elite Dangerous is such a popular streaming game, and there is such a huge community that's built up around various live streams. For them to release a beta where they'd say, right, no, no live streaming of the beta at all. Um, I think is, I think it'd be a shame and I don't think it's terribly practical. And I think that, you know, because you can't say, well, you can live stream it, but don't post any videos if you discover something that you accidentally shouldn't, because of course you could discover something accidentally during a live stream. Do you know, it doesn't, it doesn't yes. make any difference, but I mean, I've played other games when I, mean, I got invited to that, um, a beta of a game that the, the, the PR company were looking for feedback on a, pre-release version of a game and they sent it to me and they said you can post screenshots you can post animated gifs but please no live streams of the game because there are still a bunch of bugs and, and spoilers and, uh, and all that sort of thing so it's not uncommon for companies to do that but i just question whether or not frontier would would even want to restrict the community from being able to stream beta content yeah um I mean, saying this in the nicest way possible, I mm -hmm. fully blame Frontier for it. If it, you know, you've got two ways of looking at it. Either Frontier put that in there and it is for us to see, <coughs> excuse me, you know, and it is for us to see, um, why am I being attacked now? <laughs> or, <laughs> it, you know, so, you know, that event was there. Maybe that was meant to be in the beta just as a, a bit of a tease maybe the, uh, yeah, I don't think the Maya one was but I think maybe the other one were but if it wasn't then the blame for that has to lie fully with Frontier frankly because you know how is anyone who is streaming that or recording that not men and no yeah yeah I mean I'm not sure that, I'm not sure the blame is necessarily the, like a massively helpful way to, to kind of approach it I mean at the end of the day Frontier are responsible for it yeah but I think, you know, what they were trying to do was to lock this content behind system permits. And for one reason or another, that system permit failed in this instance. Because, of course, you know, they'd certainly the Maya one, they'd applied a permit to a place that a player had already been to. And it's quite so a when they died, place, of course, 
yeah, so when they died, they just went back to, to where they were, which was permit locked. Uh, but they were in, obviously inside the permit. So I think I think they tried to to lock it out. I think what this is what this has probably shown them is that there are other things that they need to do if they want to keep players, you know, out of a out of a system. Um, it's difficult because you don't know how much work has to then additional work has to go into hiding this content. And on the flip side, you don't know how much additional work would be required to actually release the beta without the new content. Um, it's you know it's difficult. Uh, I feel sorry for Frontier with it really because one of the things that the community has been really excited about is the way that Elite Dangerous has had this slow release of of plot content. And I yeah. know that you know we were talking months ago about the fact that there were players in other games who were looking at what had been developing in Elite Dangerous over a couple of years and saying you know that's what we want that's what we want in our game we want this kind of expectation and build up and suspense and all this kind of thing so i think it's a real pity if the next stage i mean i don't know how you don't know how much work i would assume quite a lot of work has gone into frontiers um sort of plot planning i mean my my feeling would be that if this has been kind of blown i'd almost kind of pull it back and do something different just so that it's not bad. that that's a lot of work you know i will say if if that event is the only event that was in two three then frontier have to be kicking themselves yeah, i've got we, a ho- i've that, got oh, a suspicion be. it's not going to be we know it's not going i don't to be. know you don't know well fair enough it's i mean quickly going back to the newsletter oh, you, there's oh. only one event for Oh, the the other thing where yeah, but well, we weren't expecting the, it at all. Well, hang on, hang yeah. on. At the moment, at the moment, I don't know anything about what's happened in Maya. I only saw the video from last week, mm-hmm. so I would appreciate if if you know I'm trying my best to avoid the spoilers. So, if if we could mention it in a such a way where we're not spoiled, might be a high idea because there'll be people out there who haven't who don't know this content. And I, I, I would like to, when people are out there, I want to be surprised when this this kind of stuff happens to me, just like it was with the. Who the uh, hell shooting me? I think that's someone who doesn't want spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone no, missile at me. My point of defense is firing. Who's firing missiles at me? Anyway, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, Moving on, God, Mr. Cow. Oh, is it Mr. Grant, is it? Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, in the, in the newsletter, there was there was quite a nice little section right at the very end for for people who have been doing making things. Uh, have you seen the um, the Coriolis coffee table? Yes. And the two new controller, the actual uh, street controllers? I think I've missed a newsletter. Well, well it's what we have here is, is basically what looks like a Coriolis with the glass on top for a coffee table and it's also a projector at the same time oh I missed that yeah I have read this newsletter I just missed it yeah oh I, no, I saw the origami mm-hmm. this the, yeah. what are we talking about are we talking about 164 Three. is it 163 oh 163 uh, oh I'm talking about 164 have we got I'm, I'm a, I don't think 164's out yeah I've got it in my inbox Newsletter 164, 4th of March. Would you like me to share it with you? Possibly. 
<laughs> maybe it's another bug maybe i'm not supposed to have it but i do have it um let me stick this in the uh, uh do you know what? i'll stick it in twitch chat then everyone can see it <laughs> uh, i'll put it in skype as well for you guys in case you're not logged into twitch there you go so that's 164 as far as i can tell ah right so that have is... you not seen this one it's a I... very nice photo which i think was submitted by a commander possibly of a um, of a pilot in a cockpit. It's got some nice depth of field effects on it. And I'm sure we're going to be talking about the camera any yes, moment. Definitely. Soon. Definitely. Um, um, yeah, sorry. So is, is 164 news to the rest of you? No, 164 is actually, yeah, it, it is news. Uh, oh, I like the origami diamond. That's quite nice. I've, I, I've done a lot of origami over the years, uh, and I am a particular fan of that. Although I suspect looking at it, I think it might be done with two sheets of paper at least i don't think i don't think that's a single fold no i don't think that's a single fold either looking at it (laughs) yeah and after all the first the first iteration of the miniatures models were all cardboard origami ones so you know that was i'm I'm a bit of a purist oh yeah well you would be (laughs) (laughs) so the uh the thing the thing that's amused me this week then about the beta is that the um the the vertical facial scar has already become a trope. <laughs> the whole thing of people giving their commanders in Hollow Me, as I think someone referred to it online as, ah, I see you have the graduated from the Elite Federation of Pilots facial scar. Um, I, think, I, think, I think sadly it's become one of these things that very quickly has become not a very new idea, <laughs> which is a bit of a pity. Yeah, It's a bit like, it's a bit like in, I used to play a thing called The Moon, movies um which is for those of you who didn't know it was a it was a game a bit like theme park but you you ran a movie studio and you could also make your own little machinima films with it and they released an update for the game which allowed you to have kind of real-time fire and you'd be amazed how quickly a kind of slow camera zooming in on someone's face with kind of flames in front of their face that became a trope within about two hours of the release of the update (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a shame when these things get overused, but I'm kind of, I'm hopeful, still hopeful that the hollow me, the live version will have lots more options. Tragically, the thing I'm waiting for most is a wider array of eyebrows to choose from because I can't (laughs) find eyebrows, which I feel suitably represent me, but, um, that seems like a weird thing to be waiting for. I can't find hair that I like. (laughs) Fair, fair. Yeah, I mean, one thing to point out from Newsletter 164 that I've just seen is that 40% off everything in the store. It's not everything, it's just some... It's not everything. Oh, isn't it's it? Some stuff. Some it's old stuff. Skins. Old stuff, yeah. Old stuff, okay. So there's 40% off old stuff in the store. So if you if you want that, that the old ship skin that you thought, oh, that's a bit too much, it, it might be tempting now, wouldn't it? Yeah, there is some nice stuff in there, actually. Mm. Okay, um, well, since you've already touched who would like to discuss the hollow me first okay i'd like to discuss my rage that i have friends on facebook and in skype and on the forums who are able to look much more like their digital creation than i am clearly i don't look enough like a computer game character because i i have been unable to make a face which i feel definitely looks like me whereas i know at least three people that i've looked at their hollow me and i've identified them without 
even knowing that it was their hollow me. Stephen Ushers is amazing. <laughs> I had rage. Um, even Star. Stephen uh, Usher, Harry Dale, Han Moore, Harry Moore. People know oh, Harry Moore. Oh God, yes, 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 yes. He comes to, yeah. yes, yes, yes. to, to um, Lavecon. He uh, runs Fragland and he runs the land for us at, uh, at Lavecon. His hollow me looks exactly like him. I mean, it just you know. It, it's uncanny how close it looks to him. Yeah. I think it's just um, easier to get surgery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Someone in Twitch chat is saying a bad artist blames his easel. The, the problem I've got is that I think, I mean, you guys have seen the hollow me of me. I think the profile of my hollow me almost looks like a photorealistic image of me. But as soon as you turn my hollow me face on, it's broken and suddenly I just look like somebody else. That's what I think. I kind of want to post it. I'm, I'm sharing mine just now. Oh, send, yeah, it to share. Me, send it to me and I'll send it up. I'll, I'll, I'll chuck it over. I've just made a couple of changes to it. So, okay. um, Mine had a, a very realistic um, uh, animated mouth on Friday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Is that, is that how they... They're selling Grant dolls these days with new realistic mouth action. <laughs> oh dear! Oh no! Product, <laughs> product <laughs> real call. <laughs> I think I just had a bit of sick come up my mouth. <laughs> Save that. We can use it. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I must admit I've had a, a, a go with a hollow me, and I'm not happy with. I either look very very old or well, surprisingly enough. <laughs> or I, I, I haven't got me down yet I might have to ask for some help <laughs> but you can just imagine there might be a whole new Fiverr market with people saying can you hollow me please <laughs> can you hollow me out yes I, I'd like to, I'd like uh, to look is that like a this. euphemism yes you say <sighs> everything <laughs> everything everything so I mean, yeah, but have, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of joke complaining about that. I think the Hollow Me is absolutely fantastic, and I think I think it's an incredibly s subtle tool for for creating avatars. I think that's one of the things that is 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 so good about it is the attention to detail, you know, that it has, um, and the fact that even the the kind of the, the smallest of changes can make such a big difference to a face. I think actually, I think it's an incredibly powerful tool. I, and I, this is one of the reasons I want to share my hollow me because I actually suspect, as somebody was saying, that it's it might just be down to my use of it because I it's it's sort of a tool that gets me feeling a little bit like it should be possible to create almost anything, and if mm. you can't create it, then maybe you're not quite doing it right. But the thing I will say, I think this is true of mine, and it's true of some of the feedback I've seen on the forums, um, that you're not a lot of people are saying that you can't make the eyes quite narrow enough for some people i don't know if that's because I, I just squint suspiciously at people like all of the time but i sort of feel like um uh yeah i sort of feel like my eyes are a bit narrower than are available on the hollow me i think they've got quite big sort of animated eyes um i don't know maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong about that the other thing is generally speaking all my photos of me i'm smiling and you can't get the hollow me to smile or show any kind of emotion so it's quite hard to match for some people what they look like if they're generally jolly i don't know why i'm describing myself as generally jolly um but 
all my photos of me are smiling. Well, as a dour person. <laughs> dour. Dour. As a Scotsman. As, as I'm a big drich. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I think I've managed to, to get the mouth right. And it seems to stay the same, but I've got no idea how to get the rest of it done. (laughs) One thing that I do like is when you're actually looking through the contact list on the right-hand side, and you're going through the, if you've got a hollow me, seeing everybody's hollow me appear on that is quite nice. It's one of these things that you didn't think you'd miss, but now that it's in there, it feels like it should have been in there from the beginning. It's one of these things that really adds background and, and flavour to the the whole proceedings. Shebang. <laughs> no, it's, how's, how's it's excellent. I mean, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with the with the Halloween. I think you are right. It's the, the, the eye um, width and eye height that you would be better if you could have a bit of control in that for the actual eyes and um, would add a little bit more because some it seems like some of them have got width and height controls, whereas other bits don't, and they would be the ones that you would need. So um, I struggle with the with the eyebrows because I've got crap eyebrows, um, and therefore it's hard to get them. And yeah, uh, I think it'd just be sometimes easier, uh, as some people have demonstrated. Well, oh, bugger this! Can't get a smiley face. So I'll just take a photograph of myself with a sad face. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I'll just look miserable. <laughs> for a selfie and then be done with it yeah well okay uh, I mean so the general impression of the holy me is it's gone down quite well it's yeah it's excellent yeah I mean I must admit the character editor is is fantastic it's it's certainly up there with the Skyrims I mean I think the best character creator that I've seen before has either been either Skyrim or Mass Effect and this is definitely up that up there with this isn't it the, uh, the only thing that i'd slightly challenge it with <laughs> this is only this is kind of semi a joke I, I i sort of feel like i want them to do oh ben i've given you an updated picture in skype oh, which is photo alongside my hollow me so because obviously people don't necessarily know what i look like um no um i don't know how many people out there have a 3ds uh, but the 3DS had a thing when you were creating your little me, you could point the internal camera at your own face and Nintendo would automatically generate an avatar based on your actual face. Now, I have to say that it was wrong and offensive most of the time, but <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be amazing if Elite Dangerous could, would just like use your webcam and just automatically map your face? I mean, it's massive amounts of work and I'm not suggesting Frontier should do it, but that would be you know, incredible. And that's just ridiculous speculation. <laughs> which of course we would never partake in never do yeah I mean I must admit um, I mean you've got me at it now I'm, I'm now back into the hollow me thinking no that, that eye's not right that, that nose is wrong I need more wrinkles <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the thing is I've made I've made a couple of quite subtle changes tonight there you go Ben's, Ben's put my uh, picture of my hollow me up on uh, up on Twitch I've made a couple of subtle changes tonight all i've done tonight is i've changed the i've made my eyes slightly wider i've made the back the eyelids slightly lower to try and make the eyes a bit thinner and i've just the the cheeks previously looked a bit hollow for me so i've just made the cheeks a bit fuller and i think just making those three subtle changes has drastically changed how close my hollow me now looks to being you've got less jowls than your hollow me i think that's lighting 
Um, well, it was a compliment. No, 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 no. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, you know, um, lighting. Stephen Usher saying eyes need to be closer together. I don't know what this is saying about my eyes, but the, the in my hollow me, in my hollow me, the uh, the eye distance slider is maxed all the way to minimum. So I have got those eyes as close together as they can physically go in the editor. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, so. Interestingly, wanna... go on. I'm just saying there's some comments in Twitch. There's a couple of people saying they have no interest in creating a virtual me and elite, which is a point we haven't really debated. I mean, True. obviously, some of us are looking, you know, obviously, some of us are looking forward to space legs or elite shoes or, or whatever that season is going to be. And obviously, Maybe. having your physical avatar is going to be, you know, this is a really important step towards that but again there is an argument at the moment to say you know for a game that you spend all your time in your ship and you only ever see other people in your ship and particularly for someone like me who doesn't generally play in open anyway mm -hmm. is there really much point spending a lot of time on you know creating your virtual presence it's a it's a you know i think it's a valid it's a valid argument it's a valid oh. argument but then how often do you see your character especially your the face of your character in skyrim or Fallout or whatever. It's true. Or Grand Theft Auto. Or Grand Theft Auto Online, rather. Yeah. I mean, I think, like you say, I think it's really good to have, in, like, chat and stuff, the actual faces of the players, mm. on, you know, on your kind of player screen. I think that is that is really yeah. good. Um, um, mm -hmm. There's a lot um, of work to create an icon. Well, I, but Stephen Osh looks the best. Sorry, Colin. <laughs> Stephen well, Osh I haven't put Ushers. anything in yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, i mean i must admit that is a good point i think the main issue for all this is is, is, is where the game is going like where the game is going is going to need these kind of avatars i think and and that's one of the reasons why it's 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 happening yeah i think there's there's a lot of focus on the hollow me at the moment because of multi-crew being delayed to a later stage in beta which i think as well on the basis of because i've been sort of wondering oh when's when's multi-crew going to appear from what we've been saying this evening i would suggest probably not until after pax oh I, no i think before i think before pax they want to show it at pax they have to well they don't have to show it at pax but i think if they don't show it at pax they'll be missing a trick yeah but if it's problematic do they they want to kind of well, jump on it when at a point when they don't necessarily have all the people in place to support it. Well, put Agreed. it this way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but that's never stopped Star Citizen, is it? Yeah, but they're very <laughs> different. Very different cultures, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose we better as less said about that, the better, really. <laughs> well, there's not much we can say about it. I mean, you know, we talk about speculation. Star Citizen is 100% speculation at this point. Um, maybe six, maybe seventy percent speculation and 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 thirty percent um, sponge play. <laughs> now, there's there's my first attempt at a at a, a hollow me, which I think it's because I haven't got any glasses. Yeah, I don't have glasses that I can put on true. that can help because yeah. I'm not used to having glasses. I think a paper bag <laughs> might help. Oh, <laughs> Just the one. 
No, you may want to don't, don't yeah. go. Don't go there. One for me, one for me, one for you, just in case. <laughs> just in case your one comes off. <laughs> oh dear. Oh uh, dear. Anyway, yes. I think we've yeah we've pretty much done the holly me, haven't we? Uh, yes, I think we have. So we'll move but, on to the other. Oh, go on. Well, no, 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 just a little bit of publicity then. If you are coming to Elite Meet, of course, I don't know if you have been following the Hutton Truckers threads on Facebook or looking on the forums, um, but Elite Meet are doing a Elite Meet slash Hutton Truckers are having a Hollow Me competition. Um, so if you go to the Hutton Truckers page on Facebook or have a look on the forums, they've got a thing where you can gradually submit your work uh, into an online form. And I think they're going to be picking a winner of the person who's Hollow Me. Most looks like the photo representation alongside it. Now, they have said, most people have been doing self-portraits. They have said that um, it doesn't have to be a picture of you. You can do a celebrity one if you want. Um, it has to be a real it is, person. It is purely, I think, being judged. It has to be a real person, and it is purely being judged on your skills with the Hollow Me editor. Not necessarily that it's, you know, so maybe I should pick someone that looks more, that looks less like me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's being judged at a Maybe I should find a picture of a person who looks like Mahalami. And you don't have to be going if you, if yes. you want yeah. to take part. There's no there's no restrictions on who can take part. Uh, it's just that it'll be, the final winners will be picked at the event, and the prize pile is pretty impressive so far. Yeah, I must admit, some of the quality ones we've seen so far are quite shockingly good. Um, I may have been wrong about my my... Um, prediction there'll be a lot of fugly commanders. Because <laughs> <laughs> it turned out that everyone's actually quite cute. <laughs> well, no, they're actually quite Elite good players, at using it. than you might expect. Yes, that's that's a very diplomatic way of putting it. We are the beautiful uh, people. So well, speak for yourself. Anyway. <laughs> there is a question in Twitch which leads us on to not necessarily the next point in the show notes, but certainly one of the points in the show notes. And the question is? Missions. Oh, so Commander Red Thirteen is saying that what he wants in the game is linked missions, uh, missions that link and progress and introduce me to the global storyline. Now, I don't think two point three is going to promise that, but there are chained and linked missions in two point three. Um, ben, are. you managed to find one, didn't you? What happened? Can you just come? back to me in two seconds somebody's just said something very interesting about the orange sidewinder and apparently it's got a ship name on the front of it so i'm <laughs> investigating cool. that as we speak nice yeah because we haven't none of us have the decals for ship names yet so uh it would be really nice to see that uh, in operation um no so so for red 13's benefit and for everyone's benefit one of the things that is in the, the change log for 2.3 is chained missions now, yes. there's, from what Ben said, um, from what we understand, there's nothing on the missions board to indicate when something is going to be a chained mission. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you will take on a mission from the mission board, which then, based on the outcome of you doing that mission, may then lead on to other missions appearing for you. Yes. Now, the reason I want to ask Ben about this is because I don't know, you know, does this manifest as a new mission in your missions board or does it come in as a message to your message center or or kind of what that, that's right. what i'm kind of so, interested in. okay so i've only done a couple of them uh, uh based out of live station and when i when i'd done the prerequisites 
for when I've done the first part of the first mission, which I didn't know was a chain mission, I then got a message in my information window saying, you know, dear Ben, thank you very much. Now come back to the station or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which I had to do anyway to hand it in. Yeah. And then when I got into the station, I then went onto the mission board, obviously, handed in my mission. And then after that, I then saw there was a mission with a chain, surprisingly enough, above it. Oh, like a chain icon? Like a chain yes. icon, yes. Okay. Um, now, I know at the moment they only have... Oh, there's there's basically there's two... Was it, was like it highlighted the first part on its, the second part? Yeah, yes. was it highlighted on its own outside of one of the faction reps, or did you have to click through the faction reps to find the chained mission? It was in the faction rep for the guy who I'd just done the business for. So, <laughs> okay. so and also I completed the mission. I, and also completed the mission for them, yes. So it was in there, but it was at the top of their list. Um which I guess makes sense because obviously it's related to the faction you're in. Yeah. Um, so you've got to look at the faction you're in to see who you're doing it with. And it makes sense that you're going to see the chain in their bit rather than in some other random place. So mm-hmm. no, it wasn't anywhere random. It was just there. But I know, obviously in beta, we've just got the two chains. I know... I want. I know that for. Well, they were saying they could basically make an infinitely long chain if they really wanted to. Yeah. Um, they can do crazy things like have a. Um, so my mission was go off and do a, a do a data dump mission. You know these ones where, you know, dear commander, please go and take these polling results over to Leasty. Yep. Then did that. Then I got a message saying, come back to Lave. Went back to Lave. Um, and then I got another thing saying, hey, those polling results you just handed in gave us some really good information and they've let us given us some data on these terrorists say that you need to investigate. Okay. Now, we don't know a lot about them, but go and have a look somewhere in the Tenila system. And then that yeah. leads you into the go off and find a nav beacon not a nav beacon uh, okay. you know the mission that you go to yeah. you, you go to the system then it says go find this planet then you yeah. go to the planet and then you then it comes up saying um, right scan here and then you fly a bit closer and then the scanning point moves you fly closer the scanning point moves 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 and eventually it takes you in on a base and then yeah, you've got yeah. to go scan the base um, but I mean are you um, just out of curiosity then this mission that you got that was chained was it with a faction that you're quite high up in terms of friendliness with i'm allied with uh lave fortune or whoever it is yes i don't think that well i guess it's like everything else it just there's the workers of lave liberals who as the top faction for lave system um and i'm allied with them i believe Mm. Um, yeah it'd be really interesting to know whether you only get chained missions for factions that you've kind of already become you know friendly or allied with or whether it can happen with any mission for anybody at any time. I suspect it'll be anything for anyone, but as as yeah. ever, the better your rep, the better you, you're the mission. 
There was a little bit of a complaint about this on the forums, actually, I was following. The really? People. A complaint I've, on the forums? A complaint on the forums. Um, they were, I think the people were kind of um, getting the impression that they were going to get, have, have you, any of you got um, tips suddenly appear in your, in your communication window? Because those, those are normally mission starting points. And I think a lot you of people... You mean by tips? Well, occasionally, just occasionally, you will get a, uh, a tip appear in, in your message box, in your inbox. Mm. And that is normally uh, a message from a faction somewhere saying, we've got some information for you. If you go to this system, you might learn something of some use. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I think I've seen one of those. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a, um, a complaint that... Uh, the chain missions would feel better if they started, if they had that as a start point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or the people were complaining that surprisingly enough, that it was just assassination mission, assassination mission after assassination mission. It, yeah, it, yeah. But from what Ben was saying, that there was a bit more variety to them than was originally thought. We all got to remember that this is just a couple of mission templates they've shoved in for the beta. Mm, yeah, true. yeah. I think it it does kind of open up a wider debate. I mean, what what Red Thirteen is saying is that they, I think he he or she, I, I don't know Red Thirteen, um, would like is kind of, you know, we're talking about developing your own story, and yeah. and this is what people you know want from the game. And what Elite's always done is kind of leave you to carve your own story, but there is this kind of desire to be to be drawn into something bigger than yourself, which is where plot lines like the four. Medina Rift come in and where plot lines like the aliens and Colonia and all this stuff it's about being involved in something that's outside of you that you can discover now the thing what what Red 13 is saying is that they want missions that as you follow the mission chain it kind of exposes you to the wider story of Elite Dangerous and I think you know without wanting to kind of get into it because um is, is okay laughing at me uh, Red 13 is a he that's fine I don't like to assume um you know, it's into a wider thing, and I don't want to get into it too much because it feels like a kind of, apart from the else, it feels like a topic that I should really let Alan deal with because yes. he's more of an expert on it. But there is this issue of if you have a multiplayer game and you want to have a storyline, it doesn't make sense in a massively multiplayer environment for all of the people in that environment to be playing the same storyline. Yes. You see what I mean? It all, no. as, soon as, you, as soon as you add other players... It, it breaks your storytelling ability to an extent. You have to find other ways of storytelling. And that's what Frontier have been do doing with the way that they've released content. So if you want to see stuff like the Alien Ruins or the, the Interdictions or any of those things, you have to kind of go out and be subjected to it. For them to actually create like a kind of a mission chain that leads you through the story, in some respects really isn't the, the kind of game that works in multiplayer, sadly. Um, no, I mean... And, and I, and I feel for Red 13, because that's what I'd like as well, but I don't think Elite is the game for that. Yeah, you see, that, that's the problem that wound me up about other role play, um, MMOs. I mean, we've got SOTOR and DC, uh, DC Universe Online. And basically, in both cases, you had... They would have been fantastic single-player games. You would have felt that you were the ultimate hero going through those single-players. single, uh, single But because the story... Everybody was doing the same story... It, it didn't feel right. <laughs> when everyone's special, no one is. Exactly. Yeah. 
I mean, this, <laughs> the, the thing, the trick that Frontier have got to do, and this is this is such a big ask, is they've got to kind of create a mission chain, or or something like that that's different every time, but will end up in the same point. If you see what I mean. Yeah. And and that is a is a from a story writing or a journey mechanic type of thing is is wow. <laughs> I'd hate to be the the mission writers on that one. Oh, I have no idea if Fonte could do this, but could you? So, thinking back to the current Flower People event that's in game, so you know, could you imagine if we were in game, we were able to say from anywhere, be able to be given a a quest to transport, say five unknown fragments to Obsidian Orbital in the Maya system. Mm-hmm. So that would then obviously flag your ship as dirty. Right. Um, you've got, you're going to be, ch- you could be chased by pirates or whatever, doing that transport off to Maya. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in Maya... You then are running. You're then in the area for the. Inter- you're in the area, and you've got this stuff on you that is encouraging the interdiction, or the, the hyperdiction rather. Right, I kind of see what you mean. So, um, you know, it, telegraphing it essentially. Yeah, I can kind of uh, let's see. It and sets you up so yeah. that the 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 content will eventually happen at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, can, I can see that. It's just, well, that's that's my point, is coming yeah. up with those kind of mission structures which are subtle enough so you don't feel you're being led down the garden path, but you end up at that point, if you see no. what I mean. But that's, you know, that's me with two seconds and I'm not a game designer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, what Red 13 is saying is that World of Warcraft apparently did it pretty well. Now, I have to say, I've, I've never played World of Warcraft. Warcraft. Have any of you guys? No. I played World of Warcraft for far too many years. Okay, um, so you're an expert then. I, I kind it's, of it's one of those things. It's a shame. I've, I sort of feel like I missed out on it a little bit by by not ever experiencing it. But um, Red Thirteen is saying they had literally hundreds of little subplots and stories in the game. Mm-hmm. The while you quested, the story got exposed to you. True. I think that's fair, but I think I think. The problem with Elite Dangerous is because what I thought Red Thirteen was talking about earlier is is there a storyline and i'm not and obviously elite dangerous doesn't have a storyline because it's a huge universe but are we talking about things like the former dean rift and or you know the things like the alien appearances and ruins are we talking about a single major storyline or do we want missions that just you take you on kind of interesting quests and allow you to kind of forge your own storyline because from my point of view i'd be much more interested in in like a series of missions that then become my character story yes. rather than necessarily following like a single plot thread i thought what what red 13 was saying earlier is that the missions somehow bring you, you into the central storyline of what elite dangerous is all about i don't think that's as possible and as rewarding actually i would agree with that because to me elite has always been about forging your own path so that has always meant that um you take the missions to that you want to take and if it leads somewhere that that's your story i mean it's all down to the quest mechanics versus journey mechanics uh that 
Alan was on about, oh God, a couple of months ago. I was going to say, he's like, Alan's here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And and you say, that's that's the main issue about the way people want elite to go. There's a, there's a, I've noticed there's a there's a trend of people who want these kind of little mini campaigns that will take you or explain the backstory of of uh, the Thargoids or or the aliens or the Guardians and that kind of thing. And the closest that we've got to that so far has been the engineer uh, and the the rune scanning, which oh, yeah, I thought was quite good. I thought that was actually yeah. quite good. It it kind of brought you into the whole thing, but it didn't feel like. A an, a an enforced quest, mm. and you can yes, but follow the stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and it was really good, and it was really interesting to see people doing those. But the, the problem with it was that everybody was doing the same thing, uh, and I think that's where, in a multiplayer environment, it kind of breaks it a little bit because it's like the um, it's like the community goals. The one that made me laugh was the one where there was some guy out somewhere who wanted you to deliver him lavy and brandy. And if he got delivered enough lavy and brandy to drink for the rest of his life, he would spill his story about this particular thing. But because of the because it's a community goal and because there are tens of thousands of players playing this game, this guy ended up with something like 60,000 tons of lavy and brandy, which is just, it's not credible. It's not, um, you know, it's really, it's ridiculous that all of these people in the whole game were going and collecting Lavian brandy and giving it to this guy's um, <laughs> guy doorstep. Well, you know, what did 60,000 tons of Lavian brandy give him that, say, 200 tons of Lavian brandy wouldn't have given him, realistically? Um, and that, that's, that's, the, that's the issue you've got, I think, is that, you know, where you've got multiple people all undertaking the same activity to contribute to something it actually makes your plot line quite not you know not necessarily that credible um yeah because you just feel like you you just end up in a situation where you feel like you are doing what everybody else has done before which in a single player game doesn't bother you because you know you're playing a character and experiencing the plot but somehow in a multiplayer game you should feel like other players actions have an impact on your world and if they've already done the thing that you're going to do in a shared world what's the point of doing it yeah does that make sense it, it well it does to me but yeah. and whether or not that satisfies red fives or yeah red 13 red 13s um you're not, you're not a fantasy fan i you know i've i've never i've never played any final fantasy red red 13 is a character from final fantasy so, ah right, so i go. see um yeah but i think that you know and someone's saying that that frontier aren't necessarily going to um put you know do all the development work for creating hundreds of quest arcs i think actually what we are starting to see with frontier is they are now filling the game with huge amounts of content i mean if you look for the chain log for beta 2.3 there are all these new super hulk ships out there there are new types of ground installations they're constantly adding to the different types of orbital stations that you can see you know on the inside so i think frontier do have a desire now to actually really start filling the universe with custom created content but i think also we have to go back to the fact that frontier are all about procedural generation and there there is a huge amount of well not not a huge well there is a lot of work that has been done between independent gamers and larger studios like um frontier 
to apply procedural generation, which is the magic thing Frontier do to create this giant galaxy, but actually whether you can apply the rules of procedural generation to plot. Mm. It's actually something that really personally interests me. You know, can you take the elements that make up an interesting storyline and procedurally generate that? Because there is an argument to say that the elements of most stories are actually quite common across different stories if you look at it from point of view of having like a protagonist and an antagonist and a triggering moment and things like the hero's journey and then things like you know a three-act structure that has certain things there are lots of rules of, of sort of formulaic story writing that you can apply which theoretically you could procedurally generate in order to create interesting emergent plot um you know and what that what that has traditionally turned into in games is a fetch quest where you talk to an NPC and they say, ah, if you go and get me five sheep's wools, I will give you a hundred gold. And then you go and get the sheep's wools and then curse their sudden but inevitable betrayal. They decide to kill you instead of paying you for the sheep's wools. And then you kill them and you get the sheep's wools and all their gold. And that's kind of a very clunky way of automating a storyline. But I think now we're in a world where Frontier's concept of procedural generation is much more sophisticated than I think a lot of other games have ever been able to do it. And actually our ideas now with games because of technology and storage and all these sorts of things, the amount of elements that you can bring to bear on dynamically creating storylines are actually that much higher. I think it would be entirely possible now to create some really interesting, unique player arcs. And it's something that I'd really like to see Frontier um, investigate. I mean, isn't Rim world um isn't doesn't that have some kind of story story creation ai oh yeah little sods someone so just someone just blew me up with the missile you are you're gonna have to fill me in on that despite having a reputation for having played every game ever released i have not played or seen Rimworld. well um well actually grant is one who's played it and apparently it's supposed to have an ai which instead of working out how to make the game more difficult works out what would be the most dramatic for the, for the cool. AI today. It's and evil! It's evil! <laughs> <laughs> it does things like waits till you're running low on, 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 on food and then decides, you know what, this is a good time for a heat wave, which means you guys get, get heat stroke if they're outside for too long and then they get grumpy and then just when you think everything's hunky-dory and you're doing really well and you're making all the wonderful stuff that you can in the game, two of your characters start just taking little, you know, digs at each other and then it leads to a fight and then you've got 17 people dead and <laughs> it just, yeah, it, it's it's actually really, it's, it's, it's an awesome game. I just recommend it. If you want to play it and have it from a fun point of view, then keep just don't do the sort of uh, Iron Man mode where you can't save um, because things go wrong horribly until you're comfortable with the game and then I think Iron Man adds a real sense of adventure. And yeah, you get attached to your little characters and, and then one of them gets sick and dies or, or gets bitten by a turtle. 
XCOM all, has all so much to answer I've not got to that point yet. I don't think I've got a double bed. Well, there was a marriage, but they split up, and for the whole year, years, they still walk past each other, and she insults him, and then he goes and has a cry in the corner, and then goes off on a fire-starting expedition around the place, setting fire to all the bushes outside. And he always seems to do it in the rain, which really makes me laugh, because there's no damage at all. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really addictive I had, little I game. Had, I gave them a double... I gave them a double bed, and then I got like in the status messages. So and so doesn't want to sleep with so and so. I had to sign bedrooms to them. It's brilliant. It's, well, it's really. I mean, it's one of these games that has a huge top level complexity. When you look at it, you think, "What? I've got to make cat food, and I've got to make this, and I've got to make that." But then you don't get there too quickly so it's a real nice ease into it you got to make clothes so I mean they do get a bit pissed off when you strip the clothes off a body that you've just destroyed and shot um, and they get you know and you take the clothes you'll find that that'll keep that person quite unhappy for quite a long time um, that they're wearing a dead person's clothes and then if you actually make them eat the dead person yeah if you make them eat the dead person that really messes them up for a long time well Hide the guns. That's the. Is that the kind of thing that you'd want then, Chris? That kind of e-drama put in. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that is the sort of thing I like. Like, I mean, it's one of the things I have great hopes for with the journal is the ability to because we haven't come onto the journal yet, but you know, is the ability to kind of keep track of your own character's journey because when you look over it, you can see all these things that have happened to you. There are all kinds of interesting things that have happened to me in Elite Dangerous, which I wish I'd written down because at the time. They were they were really interesting. Now, the, there's some bit of a conversation going on in Twitch chat about whether procedural storylines or procedural missions are interesting. And what someone's saying that we, to an extent, we already have procedural missions in in, in Elite Dangerous. But I think this is, goes back to what I was saying: is that what we essentially have in Elite Dangerous at the moment is, to a large extent, fetch quests. I mean, they're not all fetches, but they are all pretty much go somewhere collect something, look at something, or shoot somebody and come back and report. But what if the missions were, the mission that you took on, instead of having like a four to six hour, or like a 24 hour time limit on it, what if you were a starting out player in a Sidewinder and you got given a mission from somebody that says, I desperately need to get from this system and I need you to take me to another system. Now, you're just starting out as a player. But what if that mission is the thing that drives you to buy a hauler or, or whatever the smallest ship is that you can put a single person passenger cabin in? You then get yourself a passenger cabin so that you can deal with this person's mission. That then becomes less about just a one off, go here and do this and then come back. It actually gives you a purpose and it gives you a request and that's one of the things that they could use the missions for if you're chaining missions together you could start off by doing a mission that you already do loads of like you know if you're a combat pilot maybe the first mission you do is a massacre but then the second mission requires you in the chain requires you to go and play the game in a slightly different way maybe you have to go and do some mining or maybe you have to do a passenger mission or maybe you have to um, scan like a ground base and then when you've done that one, the next mission in the chain requires you to do a different type of gameplay. So actually, you have this own personal journey, which wouldn't be the 
same as anybody else's because the next mission in the chain would be different to you than it would be for everybody else. All the names and places would be different. You know, where you personally are in your situation would be different. But actually, rather than the missions being used to be a kind of whistle-stop tour of plot points within the game, actually much more interesting for the missions to be chained together in such a way that it encourages you to see all the different ways of playing the game that the game has to offer. And I know someone in Twitch is saying that, that sounds suspiciously like tutorial missions, but I think it's more elegant than that. Tutorial missions would just expose you to each of the mechanics and say, do this thing, you know, do this thing, do this thing. This would be something that is procedurally crafted around your own situation, your own combat rank, your own trading rank, your own balance your own existing ship and it would be the, the procedural engine in my mind would look at where you are and what would be an interesting next step for you so if you're in a viper the interesting next step for you isn't a vulture the interesting next step for you is something like a like a type six or something like that because it takes you in a different direction um and that's that's someone says i hate to bring it up but eve already he does something like that yeah i mean you know you can't you can't criticize a game necessarily that's, that's that's done something well even if it's not necessarily the style of thing you're interested in um but for me that's what it's about i think it's about creating a personal commander journey and i think sometimes missions help you along the way with creating your own personal journey um yeah and that's a but, very sorry i apologize that's a very wide way of explaining that in 2.3 they've done a lot of work on making the missions more interesting <laughs> which was really the point i was getting to know, too long do not read yeah. <laughs> so i mean has anybody got any other comments to about the mission system or do we want to move on to the camera controls well there was just a wee message in the team speak from no pilius that uh, the, the Dwarf Fortress is a game that generates sort of you know unique content. Apparently, it generates poetry and music. Um, so that's that's quite interesting. I've never seen it though. Um, I've never heard of Dwarf Fortress at all. So I need to go and check that out because that sounds quite cool. Yeah, Dwarven Fortress. Um, I, I heard about it through Darren Gray. So as you can imagine, it's a roguelike. Um, and it was something that Darren brought up when I was talking to him about ideas to do with how you would procedurally generate storylines. And apparently Dwarven Fortress does it very elegantly. So it's something I do need to look at. Mm. Oh. And we've also, it looks like not everywhere, but Stephen Usher found the orange Sidewinder with what looks like a stenciled on LA Mark 17S on our orange sidewinder oh. for him. Oh, so that's the um, that's the ship registration. That does look like a ship registration there, and then it's got a word underneath it that says line on it. Line. So, <laughs> Excellent. Um, might be the ship registration. Don't know. Um, but that's something that Stephen Usher saw and went off and shared with me, so I thought I'd share it with everybody else as well. Yes, and the orange sidewinder appears to be white with an orange stripe. Exactly, but we, we won't worry about that. It's got orange on it. <laughs> maybe maybe they haven't done the... Maybe the name decal doesn't work on every skin. That would be a shame. I'm sure it will. I'm, I'm positive that it will. 
I like the idea of it actually being painted on because you know originally I was thinking it looking a bit like you know, like a ship's plaque or something like that. But I love the uh, idea of it actually being painted on like Red Dwarf. Yeah, I like the Red Dwarf thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. What I really want is when you change your ship name in the station to be able to use the external camera to see a little person with a roller just rollering <laughs> the name of your ship on the side. That'd be brilliant. I'm trying to think of a name that, um, as it wears away through hyperspace and exploration and stuff, slowly gets ruder. Um, you know, the. the <laughs> Trust you. Well, it's gonna Says happen. You. Yeah, it's gonna wear down, and you know the end letters are gonna break off. So you know, if you get a B, it could slowly wear out to being an F and things like that. So just I need to explore how wear and tear works and see what I can come up yeah. with. So somehow a ship called the Quicker Profit might end up being called the Quick Fap or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a good Oops. clean one. That was cleanish. That was that was not bad. <laughs> it was cleaner than you were thinking. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was just thinking, you know, the the Canadian pucker. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually managed to find myself in a fighter, hidden at the very, very back of the station, um, a nice little hidey hole. You know, where those big landing lights at the end. There's a, there's a hidden section behind there. It's cool. great, isn't it? It's so nice with this current beta. It's obviously a bug, um, and as long as because one of those, it's, it's one of those things in the main game in the real full release, you cannot do this in your fighter, but in the beta you can. But it doesn't have give you an opportunity to really spend some quality time exploring the inner workings of the station, and and it's a welcome kind of thing. So do take an opportunity if you're in beta to jump into your fighter, get 10k away from the station. Don't shoot anything you can fire your weapons and you'll just rack up fines but if you hit something it will not only blow you up it will go after your main ship too so <laughs> but do fly around That's and good. have a look inside the station because you know you can follow the vehicles around you can get right in nice and close you can get under ships that are docking uh, you can sit in the docking slot and just watch ships coming in and out it's, it's great if you want to get some decent footage cool mm. And on the subject of footage, hey, see what I said there? Yeah. Who'd, like to, who'd like to talk about the camera? Because before we before we start this, we have to give a shout out to uh, Commander Josh Harkins of the broadcast, who put together a fantastic little video explaining how the camera worked and how you can map it to your X-52. I mean, I must admit, when I first started using the camera, I got completely and utterly lost very quickly. Oh, I can't I, use it. I, well, I must admit, it took me about half an hour to an hour to get the hang of it. And I've got a top shift ready showing how all this comes together. But, um, ooh. Well, obviously, Chris, you've, you've had trouble. So do you want to elaborate? I've just had trouble that I, I went into the camera controls menu and for free camera... I tried assigning my joystick controls to the camera controls. Mm -hmm. And when I then went into free camera, it was obvious that my joystick was moving the ship, not moving the camera. So, for example, in the previous debug cam, I have used my throttle to move the camera around in the scene. 
Now, if I try and do that, I can see that the pilot in the chair is just moving the throttle. It doesn't actually move the free camera. And similarly, when I've tried to assign buttons to moving the camera vertically up and down and left and right, I can see that the ship's thrusters are activating instead of moving the camera. Ah, right. And this is in free camera mode. This isn't in locked mode. Yeah. Um, how to how to explain this? This is this is quite the <laughs> this is this is quite the difference because the it depends on whether you're internal or external. That seems to be the issue. Um, I That's mean, I've had yeah. Because um, if I'm in one of the external command, uh, for goodness sake, we've got uh, an anaconda smashing into my ship now. <laughs> Mostly because I'm in camera mode at the moment, looking quite pretty in my fighter, because you can actually get the camera working on the fighter. And, oh, and yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's interesting because when you, you flip it into free camera mode, on an external view, you then suddenly get all these fantastic um, facilities suddenly become available to you, where you can lock the lock the camera to the world or lock the camera to the to the spaceship, and it's only at that point uh, do does are you able to do the, the the remote control stuff that I've had fun with, and but when you're actually internal in the cockpit, you don't have that facility. Right, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try again now. I'm not twitching, so people can't watch me fail. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. Yeah, because if you if you're external and you haven't locked, and uh, you're if you're external and you're in free camera mode, and you haven't locked to a vehicle, normally the controls, your flight controls, actually just move the camera about. However, as soon as you lock to a vehicle, lock to the world, um, your Ship your your joystick controls then start working for your ship, so you can line up the camera ready for some maneuvers, lock it to the world, and then do those maneuvers. Right. So if you lock it to the ship, does that mean you can do like a, a tracking fly past? Yeah, basically it's kind of you lock it to the ship, you point it at the ship, and it's like having a selfie stick. <laughs> if you want to do a fly past, what you have to do is lock it to the world, and then fly your ship out to view and then having to trying to remember where you are stop your ship and then push it forward again so that it'll come past and then i must admit i've done this a couple of times because it's awesome you you get the, the ship flying past and then you ignite the afterburners as you go past and it's oh you think <laughs> <laughs> and then of course because you're remote controlling it like a, a, a model plane i normally end up then crashing into something cool so, has anybody else been mucking about with the camera? I've been mucking about, but I have to admit, I've not had a huge amount of success. Not really. No. What about, um, has anybody seen some of the videos that have been created? I did I see an amazing one by Nat's Right, where she used the Red Dwarf theme intro and then did a, a sort of flyover of one of the mega ships. And um, it was extremely effective. It's 
it's the fact of being able to get the shots you want and to create the scenes that you'd like. So, you know, you want to have that wonderful ability to pan and, and, and of course, it opens up the ability to do it more yourself rather than how we've done it before, which is to get a ship with a big canopy, <coughs> park it up and get everyone to fly past you and do the action. This really allows you to get some amazing shots. And with the addition of the commander in there, it just creates that beautiful uh, sense of realism. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've now lost my my ship. <laughs> I've lost <laughs> my ship. It's gone. It's gone off the camera view, and because I've got it locked to world, I I can't, I can't see it anymore. <laughs> I didn't fly it right. Oh dear. I just I'll just fly back to, the, to where my ship is and start again. I think. But yeah, it, it does take practice to in order to get this working at its best, I think. But mm. from some of the things that I have seen so far have been absolutely amazing. So we need a little bit of practice and you have to get used to it. But I, I think it'll be worthwhile in the end. Yeah, I found it, I've just bound it to a, an Xbox 360 controller and it's working as expected. Oh dear. Um, although the throttle does slightly weird things, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I must admit that I've already raised this uh, as a bug to Frontier, is that the the throttle, when you change the throttle settings, well, this is what happened with me. I don't know if it's happened with anybody else, but I have reported it. Um, when I changed the throttle settings on my X52 it, uh, for the camera, it changed the throttle settings for the actual ship itself, yeah, the flight that's, control. That's what's, that's what's happened to me as well, I think. And, and yeah, that, that's, that screwed me up, something rotten. So, uh, yeah. We don't want that. Cool. But yeah, I mean, the camera, you know, the, the camera, the photographic effects are nice, but, you know, being able to set kind of zoom and depth and, and focus and that is just another step towards creating kind of really interesting looking kind of, you know, realistic looking photos. I mean, this is the point I was making that that photo in newsletter 164 of the, the, the pilot in profile, you know, kind of sitting and looking, you know, looking up at controls um, and with the kind of glass reflecting on his helmet and that, you know, it's a really nice photo. That that would be a nice photo if you took it, with, you know, with a real camera. Um, it just goes to show kind of how effective, you know, the images we can get theoretically in Elite Dangerous now are. <laughs> oh, you see, what's happening at the moment is I have my uh, uh, free camera available at the moment, and I am, my fighter is being chased by, <laughs> by some sod in a hauler, <laughs> and I'm trying to remote control my fighter away from it <laughs> so uh, yeah I, I wish he was <laughs> uh, it, it can be a, a little bit tricky I suppose but again it, it does go back to the fact that um, uh, trying to now get back to my ship is is a bit of a challenge <laughs> there we go. Right. So, oh, we've got a whole load of messages here as well from uh, uh, Commander Upper Bottom and Commander Darren Ghost Giraffe made a good camera vid setup. He's used it, got it working. <clears throat> and uh, Commander Upper Bottom is saying he uses a uh, 3D mouse to control his camera. And yes, Commander I love Payne. That idea, yeah. 
Yeah. And Commander Payne, yes, you are a complete nut of pain. Thanks for that. Uh, I, if you are wanted, <laughs> if you're wanted, you're mine, but you're not, which is a bit of a shame. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, obviously, it's not the headline feature, but it's still quite a nice one. Well, the, the camera. The camera, yeah. I mean, has anybody got anybody it's, it's got kind anything of, else to take about? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot. It's in the region of a kind of quality of life improvement, isn't it? Except, of course, it's a lot more work than just a quality of life improvement. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, although I'm impressed with it, it's still it's still not up there with the X-wing alliance and Tie Fighter film room. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody else knew about this, but the, in those games, what would happen is you'd have a record button, and it would record all the movements of all the ships in uh, that were happening at that time, and then you could go back to the film room and re replay the entire situation back from any ships or any mm. objects angle, and and pan and zoom and and do. I mean, just think if you had the controls that we've got at the moment in in this and then link that in with a film room and I know that's probably a really big ask I think he's probably have a perfect solution there yeah it's pretty good it made, it made X and Grace of TIE Fighter a very popular choice for Machinima mm -hmm. um, yeah so you know I'm, I'm looking forward to what comes out as a result of it because I think the space battles in Elite Dangerous do look incredible um and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with that. Yes, I, I must admit, and this is one of these things where they've handed over, handed it over to the community, and just went right. There you go. Mm. Enjoy. I mean, there's a bit of speculation here in, in Twitch. People are saying it was probably developed as part of the Gunner multi-crew combat system. Ben saying it was developed to help Frontier do their ads. I think realistically. You know, it's it's a bit like the Hollow Me. Well, the thing that's good about the Hollow Me and the thing that's good about the Photo Suite is it suddenly increased the number of people who are sharing screenshots of Elite Dangerous on social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has just exploded over the last week. Just people sharing, and people were always sharing pictures of Elite Dangerous because it is so pretty. But I, th I think any feature that you can add, which encourages people to go posting screenshots on social media, is going to help your game with its visibility. I don't oh, think that's bad thing no i think i think it is it is a really good uh thing to be honest um i mean <clears throat> has anybody else seen um all the extra functional i think the extra ships that are in there at the moment you know the the big um mega ships and things like that i've seen a science vessel um, oh, right. which was at wolf i think it's wolf 454 or A or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and that looked awesome. And oh my God, was it big. Yeah. You know, this, this makes the, oh, like the, oh, is it the Farragut class ships and things like that. Yeah. You know, the big, the big Imperial and big Federation ships. It makes them look small. Mm -hmm. um, it makes our big ships look teeny tiny. Yes. Um, this science vessel had very much a uh, 2001 vibe to it, I think. Mm -hmm. 
The yeah. only thing I'd say about it, and this is obviously only beta and things like that, was it was just a venue. You know, it yeah. was a, it was a place to fly around, but there wasn't anything to do there. Maybe there might have been a thing to scan, but that was it. Right. Um, I don't even think there's a thing to scan at that, but yeah, it, it's just a place. Um, I've heard some people saying I've not managed. To to make it to the bar yet, which is quite surprising. Um, I heard people who went to the bar, they said that the the bar was basically a CQC installation with a bunch of salty types flying around it. Um, Fair enough. But again, no interaction or anything like that, just another venue. Okay. Uh, maybe something to expand on at a later point, I think. But, expand, uh, yeah. yeah, just for Frontier to expand on, you mean? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah. Placeholders for the moment, then. It kind of feels like it. Um, I believe... Did um, You've got Fisher's Rest. That's a, that's a big stick. That's a, that's a ship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we can land and dock on that one. Um, there are others, but I've not, I've not seen them, I'm afraid. I've not, man- I've not managed to find them. Yeah. Well, we're supposed to have, um, what, eight different types. We're supposed to have... Tanker Cargo, Asteroid Miner, Flight Operations, which is the Fisher Rest and the Harmony, Prison Ships, Science Vessels, Passenger Vessels, and then two Mystery Vessels. <laughs> Do you think we could have Space Dredgers as one of them? <laughs> there's, going, there's going back to an old rumour for, for the original Elite 84 people. <laughs> I was going to say, it's lost on me. Well, yeah, there, there was a rumour going around because of one line in the original Elite Manual, which went on about space dredgers, which right. were lost in space, and they would, they basically, there was actually, I'm sure one of the, um, one of the Tales of the Frontier stories had a space dredger in it, which destroyed a space station. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was one of these, these things that was supposed to be rogue AI that eight space stations and was, was one of the reasons why AI was banned or something daft like that. But I couldn't, I mean, I could be just speculating, but there was a whole load of thing. I remember everybody in the schoolyard going, have you seen the space dredger yet? A bit like the, have you seen the, the trailer in Jetman 2? And which of course <laughs> didn't exist. Yes. But yeah. The, it, the 17th it, Colossus. The 17th Colossus, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I take it everyone's seen the asteroid base. I've seen I've been, I've, been I've, I've been to Freehome, which is beautiful. Yeah, it is, isn't um, it? It is absolutely lush. The only thing I'd say about Freehome is I thought Freehome was going to be in an asteroid ring or in an asteroid field, isn't it? Mm. Although I'm going back to read, I'm going, I, w- I want to go back and reread it basically. But yeah. I always felt it was in an asteroid field. Yes. And Freehome's kind of, there's an asteroid field there, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. The, the actual station. Yeah, um, I, I think I've seen another video where the, someone else has, has come across an asteroid belt, an asteroid base, and it's in the middle of a, 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 a ring. I think, I, I believe there's one called Gateway, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that that looks like it. Let me just, sorry, I'm looking, on the, I'm looking on the galaxy map just now for it, and I'm sure there's one in Gateway. Yeah. Um, if I can get this map to actually work for me, there we go. Um, it's 120 lighters away, so I'm not going to fly there just now. No. 
Um, uh, if it's if it's in Gateway, I don't have it locked as a as an entity that I know about currently, so I don't know. Right. Um, so so basically, from what we've seen of these things, they're they're nice to look at. Uh, there's not that much functionality attached to them yet, but they are good placeholders for, to expand on. Hopefully. Fair enough. And uh, finally, I think the final thing to touch on about 2.3 so far, who's been flying a dolphin? I think you're flying a dolphin, aren't you? Well, I was just wondering if anybody else had been flying one so I could compare notes. I did fly <laughs> one. I flew one for, for a wee bit, yeah. Yeah, I really like them. It's, it's a light... It's a, I didn't get it to begin with. It's fast. It 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 screams when you hit the boost button. <laughs> have you have you heard the the screech it has when you hit the boost button? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the engine sounds at the moment. It's it's like Andre was saying uh, last week. It's it sounds like a mewling kitten <laughs> until until you basically hit the afterburners, where it sounds like you've just stepped on that mewling kitten's tail. <laughs> very, very quietly in the background, but um, yeah, but it's very manoeuvrable. It has a, a decent jump range. Uh, I mean, my dolphin that I've got here, it, it's got a twenty-five light-year jump range uh, that's unmodded. It's an A, obviously it's an A-rated, and I think because it's got a, a class five slot, it is absolutely perfect to introduce players to the um, the VIP diva uh, passenger missions earlier on in the game. You don't have to go all the way up to working up and getting an orca before you work out that you really want to eject those buggers into space. You can <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's part of the 2.3 changes though, isn't it? They've been yeah. talking in the change log about what they call the mission wrinkles, which is where you're already in a mission and then things in flight kind of change them. I think they've been trying to make them a bit less demanding yeah well the point that I was making though is that without the dolphin before you get all, all the way up to those uh, those kind of missions you've got to grind for absolutely ages until you get an orca so you can actually try this functionality and try these missions out a lot earlier on with the dolphin rather than um, you know going for the big passenger liners yeah and and the orca is actually getting a mod later on in in this beta. I think they're reducing the tonnage of it so it gets a better jump range. It's not in there yet, but I think it's in the release notes. Cool. So I mean, personally, from my opinion, um, I quite like the dolphin. Um, I will probably be getting one when it comes to two point three. Just a that will be my passenger mission ship if you like, um, if any pirate attacks, it, it's going to come apart because basically <laughs> it's, it's um, yeah, it's not very well armed, but it's fast and it could probably outmaneuver them um, as long as that, that uh, pirate is not overly engineered <laughs> with their dirty drives. But then again, you could get dirty drives yourself on the Dolphin. It would probably still then outrun a Ferdinand's. <laughs> Yeah. So in terms of the changelog, I, I highlighted some things that I found particularly interesting in the changelog, um, mm -hmm. specifically around USSs. 
because I've made a bunch of changes. And there's so for the oh, I haven't actually copied it properly. Ah, oh, no, there's no one got a link to the 2.3 change log. I didn't copy paste it. There's a list of whole new locations that they've added, which sound really interesting. And I have questions about them. And I don't know if people in chat can help me with Is this these. like the bar and things? Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if we can find the. Um, uh, it's it, if you go to if you go to laveradio.com slash um, episode 144 or something it's alright my google foo is too fast excellent Um, so they have added god it's such a big changelog it is absolutely crazy the changelog for 2.3 okay so they have added a medical installation a space bar a space farm a government installation a security installations and colour variations for the for those those installations now what what i find interesting about this is are these just additional bits of scenery you know like sometimes you're in an srv or you're flying around mm-hmm. looking for ground pois and you'll come across things like you know like mining drones and you can destroy them and get ore are they just general things that you can interact with or are they more like the outposts where you get specific missions and you can scan the data points and you can do all these other things i, I really want want to know if there's more gameplay with these installations or whether they are sort of increasing the landscape of furniture if you know what i mean i I think it might be a bit of both again i think it's placeholder stuff for later so i mean i've got a whole load of lists here there's a bar in uh, thrinus a2 there's a farm in kappa for for nakis and pains tourism at hr 6164c military at gridge one Medical at Zelano A4, Industrial, whatever that is, at Lakshu A1, and Government... Are these the big hulks? No, these are the locations. These are locations for people to visit and explore that, that um, actually people... Ground installations. That, yeah, the Frontier would oh, okay. like you to like you to have a look at and make sure they work okay. Also, um, where's that list? Um, you will find it in the location feedback thread in, under the Beta 2.3 discussions forum uh, maybe we should do that next week yeah we could do actually got the grand tour in our dolphins you know i know maybe by next week we'll have a turret come as well so you'll be able to take people on your tour <laughs> the whole lave radio crew in one ship <laughs> yes yeah, so you might as oh, well three, three of us anyway we might as well all just paint a massive big target on our back <laughs> <laughs> Just keep oh, yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll, I'll be in private group. <laughs> <laughs> you can all join me in my private group. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think we've, got, we've gone through, covered quite a lot tonight. Um, is there anything else that anybody would like to touch on? Ooh. Um, there is a thing in the change log that says I might have missed something. Maybe maybe this is the name for something that I um, already know about. There's a thing in the change log that says the ancient codex now resets resets approximately thirty seconds after being scanned. What's the ancient codex? Ah, that is, I think, the um, alien ruins. Because when you scan the alien ruins, um, uh, that's what it's called, is it? Well, I'm assuming that's what it is because we haven't actually. Um, I'm, I've had reports that these things, the, the scans are happening a lot, a lot quicker, but 
so I'm assuming I'm putting two, two and two together here and getting four. Mm. So I'm making an assumption. <laughs> <laughs> God help me when I make assumptions. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, the thing uh, I particularly liked the change log was there's a, there's a change that says updated the influence reputation shown on the mission board for missions so that it matches the amount it actually changes on completion. That seems like quite a big one. It's <laughs> <laughs> quite an important one, I would have yeah. thought. Um, yeah. And they have also confirmed that they're kind of nerfing stacking of massacre and planet scanning missions. Yep. Um, but the, they are improving the rewards for the individual massacre missions. Yeah. Uh, I thought they'd already done that, to be honest. I didn't realise that was a nerf that was coming in 2.3. Uh, uh, no, they, they, they thought about it. You know, the, there was a balancing thing that they were doing yeah, yeah. during Christmas. There was a, a second. Um, <laughs> well, in this in this case, um, they didn't implement that, those changes okay. they wanted to, but they've, they've put it in for this beta. Same with the shield stacking. There's a whole load of stuff that the people are wanting testing such as um, originally they had ideas about shield stacking. Um, oh, and obviously, if you if you want to help Frontier out test uh, the networking, you can sign up on the forum for the IPv version six testing forum. Obviously, yeah. if you if you can only do that <laughs> if your ISP supports uh, IPv version six. Now, uh, there's a bit of a debate whether or not my uh, Virgin Media does do not do IP6 yet. Well, not all, all the way through their network because I've yeah, had reports from I've had reports from some other Virgin Media people that yes, we we're on IP version six, but you know. So there's a whole load of testing that well, areas where which Frontier would like you to look at if you are. Um, testing beta 2.3 and you'll find most of those things in the 2.3 betas discussions so if anybody's interested in going cool. into into more depth now i think that brings us on to well almost the end um first of all though before we do anything else i would like to give a bit of a shout out to um alex turner who has on um, the Elite Dangerous Forums, the what is known as Alex Best of the Forum and Elsewhere thread, where if if you think the entire forum is too long, uh, didn't read, then if you if you need a shortcut, normally that's the best thread to go to. Uh, so put that into into the show notes for people later. Uh, on top of that, we've obviously got the pack schedule that. Um, Frontier has already published. Uh, does anybody want to talk about that, or do we want to wait until they've they've dropped themselves in it <laughs> next it's week? It's going to be a Q and A stream. They're talking about the PlayStation Four. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a whole lot of streamers. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be interesting, but I'm going to have to catch it on catch up because I'm going to be away this weekend. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we've had some good news. Um, uh, we've touched on this, I think, but the Kickstarter for the Elite Dangerous role-playing game, EDRPG, um, that has restarted again. And I'm pleased to say, with 10 hours to go, it's now past 70,000 at least. So It's past 80,000. It's past 80,000 now. 
Wow, yeah. fantastic. Oh, that that is good news. And, and, you know, I don't know whether they'll, they'll reach the... What's the next one? The 90,000 goal? I think it's 95, I think it is, for the ships. Let me just wheel myself down here. Uh, 95,000 spaceship guide. So, yeah. Which would be really cool. Yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? But um, we're glad to say that um, whoever tried to stop the, the Kickstarter from happening uh, hasn't succeeded. And um, it's, it's pro- progressing. And hopefully in the next, uh, ne- well, by tomorrow, we'll, we'll know where, um, where it got to. So <laughs> yeah. at the moment I have a, a cobra with a Medusa skin in front of me just dropping his, his um, landing gear everywhere. I don't know why. Is, is that supposed to like be some kind of skin? Yeah. I, is that supposed to be some kind of signal if you drop your landing gear in front of someone? I don't know. <laughs> was it like wearing coloured handkerchiefs in your back pocket, is it? Oh, is, that, is that what that means? All oh, right, fair enough then. <laughs> I think, I think I'll run to the station. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, has anybody got any final other business they'd like to quickly touch on? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five seconds, everybody. Let's go Velocity. No, so it's just a knee-jerk <laughs> reaction at this point. Uh, uh, yeah, check out LaveCon, check out Elite Meat, check yeah. out the EDRPG Kickstarter. Check out Farabell. Uh, get get your hollow me's in for the, the yeah. And uh, yeah, so I say that's it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at Live Radio, Facebook slash Live Radio, at Live Radio on Twitter, and you can join the Discord chat channel by going to http tinyurlcom com slash live chat or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat on teamspeak.laveradio.com Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at about half eight slightly late again today uh, and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live so thanks to Cal, thanks to Ben and thanks to Chris and thanks to those commanders who have been shooting and basically making a complete and utter pain of themselves outside Life Station. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Is that like someone having an orange inserted?
Galnet News Digest, 7th of March 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Commanders warned about unstable parallel universe. Where did we leave Raxler? 12 hours until the last roll of the dice. Commanders warned about unstable parallel universe. Commanders who've been venturing in unprecedented numbers through a wormhole in the space-time continuum have been warned that the structure of the parallel universe beyond is inherently unstable and may pose dangers to those who venture through. See, it works like this, said one shady character who might have been a member of the Federal Astrocartography Department, but in retrospect probably wasn't. Wormholes are for worms. Clues in the name. Wormholes in space are for space worms. Striped ones. If commanders try to get their spaceships through, that makes the wormholes bigger. And then the sands of time, they start to run out. Through the wormholes. And when the sands of time have all run out, then the parallel universe sort of implodes taking all those pretty hollow-me things with it. If you want to take my advice, I'd have nothing to do with it. I give it four weeks, eight weeks tops, and then it'll all be gone. The shadowy figure then lifted his striped worm onto his shoulder, straightened his cowboy hat, and left. Where did we leave Raxler? It's been revealed this week that Raxler might not be in the Formidian Rift. The scribbling senator, Wu Dragar, is reported to have said he hasn't a clue where Raxler is. But if it's in the Formidian Rift, then he's a monkey's uncle. Close study of the senator's genealogy has revealed that he is in fact only distantly related to anything simian, and the inevitable conclusion must be that in his opinion at least, it's highly unlikely that Raxler is indeed in the Formidian Rift. This raises the possibility that there might be two separate mysteries in the galaxy. Plus the Guardians. And the Barnacles. And those mysterious sunflower ships that seem so completely harmless. And how the Galactic Intern manages to get such lovely, shiny hair. Twelve hours until the last roll of the dice. There are barely 12 hours left to participate in a campaign to make our galaxy into a game. A company called Spider-Mine Games is planning to create a realistic simulation of the real galaxy, using nothing but a set of rules and the imagination of the players. The game will be called a role-playing game and allows commanders to pretend to be traders, bounty hunters, miners or pirates 
and to forge their own path in this imaginary galaxy. Unlike the real galaxy, this simulation will rely heavily on random number generation, in the form of small plastic polyhedra. Those that have already pledged are urged to visit the website again, as a handy GM screen is now available. This screen is printed with a pretty picture of a Coriolis starport, and is used for hiding unusually ugly games masters. There's still some hope that the Spaceship Guide stretch goal might be unlocked, in which case Commander Elias Thane will at long last be able to fly around his imaginary galaxy in a Merlin. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to.